0: It's time to pull up a chair and open your Bible for today's Bible study segment of Naomi's Table. We are back at Naomi's Table. Hope you pull up a chair and grab yourself some uh, nice cold beverage or hot, depending on where you're listening from. And uh, today's Bible study teacher is Sunny Shell, And uh, we're doing part two of our lesson here today. And Sunny, the last time you were on with us, we talked about the word kahil. And I uh, want to know what that means in Hebrew
1: in the original Hebrew it actually means strength, might and efficacy, like a force, like an army. It was often used as a military word actually to describe it was a descriptive of a of a soldier. And so it's interesting that the word that's used in the very first uh Verse to describe a biblical woman is that she is she's an excellent woman, and so basically it's saying um, a biblically submissive woman, a biblically um, noble and righteous woman in God's sight is strong. She's a might. She's a force to be reckoned with. You know. So again, taking away from the word submission does not mean weak. It actually means. It gives you strength. If if you think about it, because we talked last time about Ephesians 5 verse, where a wife submits to her husband as Christ submitted to the Father. We know that Christ is uh, beyond the man's man. He is the man's God. He's the strongest ever. You mm-hmm. know, uh, Samson looks like a weakling, according to Christ, but it says Christ submitted. So it doesn't mean that he was a weakling. It takes strength to say, I submit to somebody else. I submit to doing something right. And so that's what a wise biblical woman does. She takes her strength and she is gentle enough to say, I submit. I don't know if you have ever heard about the term gentle that's originally used about how to um break or train a horse. No, it's I haven't called gentling. No. Yes. It's gentling. Called gentling, okay. Gentling gentling a horse. And, you know, uh, one of the kind of word pictures I like to give people is if you look at a horse before it's been trained, before it's been broken, and so that it can be trained to do what it needs to do, um, does it have more or less muscles after it's been gentled and trained than it did prior to it while it was wild?
0: Well, I guess the outside world would look at it and say, no, it has more muscles when they're using them, when they're jumping around and they're wild. I I have a feeling you're going to tell me that's not exactly true.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, we know it's not true. Um, The horse is still a horse. He doesn't lose muscle because (laughs) he's trained. The the word gentle is that he has its its power under control. So the horse still has all his power. It's just now under the control of his master. And so we look at it that way because we know that one of the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. And we know that Jesus Christ said He is gentle in everything that He does. As a matter of fact, one of the examples I like to use is when He whipped and um, threw over the tables of the money changers, when He went into the temple and cleansed the temple. Now, a lot of people might not look that that to be gentle, but then you have to remember, He's God Almighty. He could have uh, smite the whole place. But he didn't. It was very gentle. All he did was whip them and throw over at the table. Okay. That was power under control. And so we have to look at submission, gentleness, exactly the way that God looks at it as Christians versus the way that we learned to understand it in this world. So submission is the same thing as gentleness. It is power under control. And we see this because the first word that's used is excellent, which means strength and might. Um one of the things that I, I put in here is that, you know, unfortunately, the evangelical church, is the term submissive wife, is the, often thought of as enslavement, as some kind of entrapment. And even to some people, it's quite vulgar. It's often described as an archaic term, a perception of a woman that threatens, you know, the, our, our women's rights, you know, our freedom, yeah. that, that's, you know, the women of the 60s that we just talked about um, last time when we were at the table, they fought so hard to give us this freedom. How dare we go backwards? And what I want to encourage my sisters in Christ today is that none of these views are accurate biblically. None of these views are an accurate um, depiction of what a submissive wife looks like, according to God. By definition, an excellent wife, according to Scripture, she's no man's pawn. She's certainly no man's doormat. She's not mousy. She's not an idiot unfit to do anything but be barefoot and pregnant. No, we saw what the definition is. She is a mighty force to be reckoned with. And she is a mighty force to be reckoned with, but here's the thing. God made her a mighty force to be reckoned with, so we know it's not going to be against her husband. Right. Who he said, I made you one with. So then against two, obviously against Satan and the demonic forces of this world. That's who we're supposed to be fighting against, not against our own husbands, who are he- who is our head. Basically, it's like taking a bat and beating our own heads. Nobody would do that.
0: Right. Right, but you know, Sonny. No matter when you grew up, if you grew up in the '60s or or the '80s, as we were all learning to um, climb the corporate ladder, or or the '90s or beyond, uh, we we've all been told that uh, this this gentle, submissiveness is just wrong. It huh. is so archaic. It's so backwards. You know, uh, you know. Sometimes it's used as as a way to cut down Christian women. You know, the barefoot and pregnant thing, like you said. And we really I... have to relearn what it means to be biblically submissive, and if we don't have the word biblically in there, we're going to get that wrong, aren't we?
1: Oh, absolutely, and again, I want to cover something that we talked about um, a couple times before this, when we first met at the table, that um, biblical does not mean, it, it, something isn't defined as biblical because of who you are. Just because you're a Christian and you do something doesn't make it biblical. It makes it biblical because it's found in God's Word. And so we have to remember that we have to humble ourselves to the Word of God and say, you know, I know that I'm a Christian, but that doesn't mean everything I do is qualified as being biblical. If we start there, then we don't get messed up anywhere else about definitions that God uses versus how the world defines it.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know, you talk about the woman um, described in Proverbs 31. She's of priceless value. She's exceptional. She has physical strength. You've talked about all of that: mental strength, moral strength, spiritual strength, and uh, above all, she loves. God Almighty. She loves Him. Mm -hmm.
1: Wow. Absolutely. Um, I would like to close with a prayer this time, if you don't mind. No, of course not. For the (laughs) gal. And and before I do that, I would like to let the ladies know, you know, there is some homework I have for you, but you'll have to go online and look that up. Um, It's something that will give you some practical applications and how you can use the things that we've been talking about here and join us at the table and... um, we can all chat about this later in our Google Plus Hangout. But let me pray for us before we go. All right. Father God, thank you so much for this time that you've given us. I pray, Lord, that um, all of the sisters in Christ, Lord, all of your girls, that you have called to yourself to be holy, that you would make the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart, Father God, for first and foremost, pleasing to you, because you alone are our rock and our redeemer. We ask you, Father God, as your daughters... That you have made us, oh Lord, thank you so much for making us your daughters through Jesus Christ. Help us, Father God, to only speak words that benefit our husbands according to their needs. Not what we think they need, but Father God, with the eyes of Christ, will you show us they need. And Lord, I pray that you will use us as a force against Satan and his demonic works in this world. And even against our own sinful flesh, as you have said, We sin not because of anything else outside of us, but because of the sinful temptations we have within us. So, Father, I ask that you help us as your daughters to take back what has been lost in the garden, to give us the oneness with our husbands, to see them as you see them, and, Lord, to humbly allow us to see ourselves as you do. As we come before your throne of grace to ask for your help in our time of need, Lord, please help us to love you with everything we have, Please help us to know you more, that we can love you better, and love our second love, our husbands, just the way that you have commanded. It's in the awesome, precious name of Jesus Christ, we thank you and ask you this great and wonderful thing.
0: Amen. Amen. When we come back, we're going to talk more about Proverbs 31, but I do encourage you ladies to um, go to the website, naomiestable.com, download that homework, and then talk about your answers. Do some research in the Word. Talk about your answers in fellowship with other women, because that's what true biblical fellowship is. We need to come together in community around Jesus Christ. We'll be right back.